SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hey guys, welcome back to part two of Suicide Awareness, but this time it's Suicide Awareness in the Church with Sable and Samantha. How are you, Sable? What's going on with you? Oh man, I'm doing pretty well. I'm super excited to get into this topic. It's something I'm super passionate about. You know, I love church and I love church people and I love any way that we can work together to improve the church. So yes, I'm yes, yes. All right, so September, Suicide Awareness Month. So let's kind of give a, the listeners a recap of what we talked about, because we kind of talked about a lot, but give them like a brief rundown of what we talked about. And then we're going to dig deep in, dive in head first into our topic. Awesome. So last, uh, not last week, but last podcast episode, the short version is we talked a lot about mental health. We talked about how it's affecting adults and youth. We talked about how it's like really been rampant, especially in the age of COVID. And we've talked about how like, you know, suicide has been increasing. Mental health disorders have been increasing. Um, and there's not even enough therapy around to support all the increased cases that have been coming up. So we talked about all those different types of things. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how all that kind of impacts the church. And, you know, we're going to dive in. Are we as a church doing enough to support people who are struggling with better mental health? Maybe, maybe not. So I'm excited. Let's talk about it. Okay. So you work with the church, you work with youth. I don't work in the church, but I work with youth. So I'm coming from the angle being a parent. I have two children. My son is 19, he'll be 20, and my daughter is 15. So I come from the parental angle. So as a parent, I am just going to ask you, Sable, what are youth ministers and leaders doing about our young people who are struggling with anxiety, depression, cutting, eating disorders? What are youth leaders doing? Mm -hmm. What is it that they should be doing more of? Why aren't they doing enough? And where's the body of Christ at? Because like sometimes youth leaders and people just make it seem like our young people are just, they're okay and they're not going through anything. So what is up? What is going on? Girl, where do I even start? <laughs> why, why are youth leaders in denial about teens and struggling with mental health? Like what's up with that? Right. You know, well, first I'll start with every church is different. Every denomination is different. It, there's just so much differences is like in the church culture right there. You know, so in general, before we even get to the youth, we don't always do the best of caring about mental health, even for the adults. Like it's just not something that's built into the foundation of what we do. Right. And so I think that's part of the problem. Mostly. I know for us in my church, we tend to be very trauma informed and very, very mental health friendly. We, we are in an area where there's a lot of it. So we can't ignore it. We make sure that our staff and our youth leaders are trained in these areas and how, you know, how do you handle a conversation when a kid says, hey, I want to die today, you know, because it comes up or even more, they don't want to disclose that we have, you know, we're prepared to handle those conversations of, you know what, I see that you have some marks on your arm and I wondered, you know, how are you doing? Do you want to talk about it? You know, things like that. And we're able to communicate that with parents if they want to receive it. But I have noticed, you know, before I came to the church I'm at now, that's not a conversation that we would be able to openly have. It's right. almost like what goes on in this house stays in this house. And we weren't able to really have an in-depth conversation about it as if suicide and mental health is something that you have to hide. So yeah. I think, you know, we're working through this shame culture, honestly, within a church surrounding 
these types of issues. Let's talk about it. You're right. My child, I have a teen daughter. Now my child, I mean, let's just talk about this, that teens nowadays with their attendance, I mean, nobody, it seems like at this point wants to even go to church anymore, which is, which is really sad. I mean, we're past the pandemic, we're past COVID, we're almost two years out from, past two years out from it. But so many people are not coming to church, much less youth coming to church. Now, I know a church that I was a part of for a long period of time, even the youth didn't even bring Bibles to church. So how would my child who was struggling with, say, anxiety and depression, feel comfortable talking to her youth leader about her struggles when they're not even bringing the word of God, the bread of life, our every, like, Everything that we need is right there in the Bible and they're not even bringing the Bible to church. So I have an issue. <laughs> I have a side note issue with that. That's a problem if we go into church without a Bible. But I think a lot of times our young people maybe don't have a good enough relationship maybe with our youth leaders. Maybe our teens aren't really trusting in our youth leaders. Maybe there is, like you said, shame in addressing this issue. But I know from experience with some of the teens that I support through my nonprofit, Build Her Bridge, is that a lot of a lot of pastors, a lot of elders and youth leaders are sitting here telling families, well, maybe you're not praying hard enough. Maybe you're not fasting. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe you're just you're, you just don't know what you're talking about. How do you address pastors and youth leaders? Not you, Sable, because you're not like that, but there's a lot of others that are. How do you address and talk to them about their verbiage and their language? There's so much in that. Um, one, I think I start <laughs> with, there really is, there's so much. I'm like, y'all need a whole day training uh-huh. and supervision at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, something I start with is one, you know, especially when they don't bring the Bibles to church. I know a lot of our youth, they don't. It just is a thing, but you know, we have Bibles for them. So we handle that access problem right away. And then also it goes back to relationship because we found that, you know, and I've seen this, a lot of youth leaders, they're there on Sundays and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. like church, it's just a it's Sunday, maybe Bible study if you get lucky and that's it. And that's not okay. You know, it's not how you build a relationship. So I make it a point, you know, the leaders on my team, we're at their games not every single game, but we're at their basketball games, their dance games, gymnastics, football, whatever they're at, we're at their games so they understand that there's access to us. Mm. We're not just Sunday people. That's not how, that's not how this works. We may see each other on Sunday, but we're going to see each other throughout the week as well. And with that relationship, they begin to trust us more because we're available and we're present. And it allows us to have those deep conversations. And Oftentimes that's why we're able to have them. So I think one of my first things to the youth pastors and or just anyone in general, if you're gonna work with youth, it can't just be this one day a week thing if you wanna really build this life-changing relationship with them. You have to make time. And I know it's hard, especially in the age of we do everything under the sun and we have to right. do everything. But we have to make time and space for the youth and like we have to just be there for them. So we can just start with that. And then two, education. It's okay if you don't know everything, no one does. But, you know, even if you didn't go to seminary or something like that, it's up to us to educate ourselves about the issues that the kids are struggling with, whether it be same-sex attraction, whether it be some type of idol in their life, whether it be sex in general, you know, drugs. We have to be educated about it if we're going to work in this field with the kids. I agree. I like that you said that. What, um, 
it's amazing that a lot of pastors and youth leaders are so quick to point out scripture, cast all your cares on him. But then it's like, you don't just leave them with the scripture and then expect them to apply it or for them to just, it's like you're leaving them just with like dangling the meat over them. And then that's it. Like you have to almost train them of what to do. Pray and meditate on the scripture, y'all. Don't just give them a scripture. Youth leaders should say, listen, here's something that I'm praying with you over. Listen, here's some scriptures that help me to calm my fears. Cast your cares on him for he cares for you. And just like having that relationship, everything seems like it's all about relationship, but it's also about authenticity too. And I feel like so many in the church too are just turning a blind eye to it. I don't know whether they think our young people are just puppets and they're just perfect little patties just walking around the universe. And it's like, do you not think that these kids are having sex in your church, in the back of the church, upstairs on the roof? Do you not think that they're smoking and drinking up on the third floor like my son did? Shout out to him. I don't know what he was thinking a couple years ago, but that's what they do. I mean, what are you doing? It's stuff like that. I mean, where were our youth leaders? Where were they? That to me was a cry of attention. Mm-hmm. I need help. This is this obviously is boring and not something that I want to do. So I'm going to go find something to do. And you find yourself caught up in doing X, Y, and Z. I, I don't, I don't understand that, but I love that everything goes back to relationship because you have to have a relationship with the young people and you have to have a relationship with their fam- with their friends too, and their family. And their families. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, when kids don't come to our church, I will text the kids. Kid doesn't respond. Okay, I'll text their mama. Like we all in this thing together. Let's go. Takes a village. You're in the village. Okay. Um, so I'm really big on that. But also, you know, you mentioned something. I believe in prayer and action. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm going to pray for you. And yes, I'm going to point you to scripture. But if you're cutting yourself, we're also going to sit down and have a conversation. Um, if your parent's a safe person, because not all parents are safe, we're going to also have a conversation with her and figure out, do I need to help you go to the doctor? Like, you know, what do you need? Like, cause sometimes it is, do we need weekly mentoring sessions? Okay. Let's set that up. Like you have to be willing to take it a little step further. Like if you know someone's suicidal, okay, don't just pray for them and call the people on them. Maybe you need to go sit with them for some hours or go pick them up and take them to where they may need to go. Like it, and pray, but you need to do something also with that. Yeah. And that's just standard love. Like it doesn't Why? Take- I know that's right. <laughs> Why isn't the church doing enough? Is it lack of resources? Is it lack of knowledge? Is it just thinking that your parishioners and, you know, the shepherd and and the people are just going to go find it resources themselves? Like, why is it that the church, there's such a divide and it seems like there's not a bridging of the gap when it comes to mental health and the church? You know, why do you think that is? I'm going to share an example from my life and maybe it might shed some light, hopefully, if not, you know, who knows. But so I, I grew up in another church. I'm not the one I'm at now, but I grew up at this church and, you know, I was there for a very long time, obviously, maybe 14, 15 years. But towards the end of that stay while there, I started to have some really bad mental health problems. I was like 19, 20, 21, you know, so around that college age where stuff starts developing, you know, where a lot of times studies show that mental illness comes out during that time. Okay. So it was coming out big time and people at my church weren't able to recognize it. Even when I attempted suicide, even when I was cutting myself, all the things, they just were like, bro, you're demon possessed and you need to go through deliverance. And then when deliverance didn't work, it was my fault that didn't work. Right. So that's kind of definitely the view they had. And then when I kind of came out of all that and 
there was a huge stigma. So then I was at events and they were making fun of me because I committed, you know, attempted suicide. And they're like, why is she even here? She should be working, you know, focusing on not dying, right? All the different things, they were so rude. But what I really realized was one, there was a lack of one love, obviously, a lack of love, but two, there was a lack of education and understanding and awareness about mental health in general and about how spirituality and, you know, the physical world or natural world can come together. Uh And three, um, a lack of concern because they didn't want to learn. It wasn't as if, you know, obviously it was a, you know, it was a very well-off church. It's not as if they didn't have access to resources. It's not as if there weren't therapists involved in the church. Like, you know, there was, but you think that their concern was like, not at the top. It was more at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord has blessed us with a lot of wisdom. And sometimes we can get wise in our own eyes. Like I already know everything. And if this isn't working, then it's their fault. When really, you know what? Not one solution fits everybody. And sometimes we have to be willing to just learn a little more. Like sometimes we do have to go outside the church to get help and that's okay. Right. And just being able to kind of knock down that stigma and not you know, demonize somebody because they're having a mental illness issue. And, you know, I've seen that a lot in several churches, especially when it comes to kids. That's a lot, girl. <laughs> My jaw is to the ground right now that you experienced that and you experienced it quietly. And just think about all the other young people that are experiencing something like this quietly. Absolutely. They're not alone. There is resources and there is information out there. Sable, can you share some resources right now that you're aware of that they'd be able to, even young people, or youth leaders, or youth pastors out there, or elders, or pastors, anyone who, social workers, anyone who needs to know about more services out there, can you share of some of those services, like nationwide, because I'm sure we have people listening from the East Coast to the West Coast to overseas, international. Exactly, like we have such a far reach. So I'll just say, you know, NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. That's something that was a huge help to me. Um, It's available in so many different states and counties. So I know that everyone in every state can log onto their website, you know, NAMI.org and learn about the different types of mental illness, learn about what they can do, learn about the support groups in our area. And so that's something that's huge. Also, there's a suicide prevention line um, that again is also national. Now we even have a new number for it. So we'll have to sign it up, but which is, hashtag 988 what she said (laughs) yep if you know anyone let's just take a moment right now if you know anyone that is on the verge of thinking about it or something like that please text that number pound 988 that is the new suicide prevention hotline i am going to be trained in it so that way i can be an operator in it there are thousands upon thousands of people that are trained specifically for that reason so hashtag pound 988 Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I need to apologize and I love it. You know, I used to use the crisis text line a lot mm-hmm. and how comforting it was just to have somebody respond and just listen. Yep. And that's all I needed. Yep. And, you know, we in church, we can do that. We can do that. You know, yeah. that's something that no matter what role you play, no matter what ministry you're in, we can all just lend a listening ear and let mm-hmm. someone know that they're seen and they're heard and that they're loved and that they're valued and that they matter. Yes. You know, we all have that call in our lives. Yes. American Foundation of Suicide Prevention is another one, AFSP. They have different chapters. Please look them up. But there are tons of resources out there. Even you can text TALK, T-A-L-K, to 741741. Just like Sable said, if people just need someone to talk, 
And there are so many people, and this is a whole other issue too that we need to talk about really quick before we log off, but there are so many people that even have issues with therapists and therapy. Like, but God is your counselor. He absolutely is. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He absolutely is. But I mean, we are, we should, if we're about relationships and making disciples, I think God wants us to talk and air things out and not keep everything bottled in and clenched in because that's where all of our anxiety and anxious thoughts would come from. So we should talk things out. That's how you build relationship and trust. Exactly. You know, God did create our bodies and our minds and all the things. And he also anointed the doctors and the therapists to help us with our issues. You know, I don't understand why people have such a big deal with Jesus and therapy. I, I don't understand. I just, I genuinely do not understand that. Um, but absolutely, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. It's not like you're replacing the word of God. You're not replacing the role that Jesus plays in your life. If anything, it's going to help you get closer to him. That's right. So absolutely, I'm a huge fan of therapy, and I highly suggest any any child, adult, whoever, if you're struggling, it's okay to speak to somebody. Please don't sit there and struggle silently. Right. Do not do it. You don't have to. We are, it's the vine and the branches. I think about that. And we all need each other, but we all need each other to be in our right state of mind. Mm-hmm. And anxious thoughts, anxiety, depression, and things like that, those are just not of God. They're not. And so in order for us to be delivered, set free and whole is to go to the word of God. That should be the first thing. But then also to talk it out with someone. Um, I don't ever want people to feel like they're alone. And a lot of our mentors that are part of Build Her Bridge, that is the one thing I have them do is training, QPR training, but I also have them do relationship building type games. And Sable and I, you were talking, you and I were talking about that off air, talking about what we're going to do with a conference that we're going to plan for next year. But it's relationship building. It's Mm -hmm. games and things like that, that these young people, because they need each other. Young people need each other. We all need each other. We can't do it alone. Absolutely. And I think even more now. So, you know, this generation, we're over the whole fake stuff. We do love, we love the Lord and we love church, but we church isn't a show, right? So we don't want lies. We don't want fakeness. We, we can tell when it is fake. Like don't, don't, don't be fooled. We could tell when it's fake. We could tell when it's not genuine. Like, you know, we just want the real authentic Jesus. And sometimes I wonder how, the church as a whole is doing was representing that to the world you know mm-hmm. especially in america are we really doing the best job that we can be doing right. do we represent christ accurately girl that's deep because this generation is falling away if we're being honest every generation is less and less people involved yes. our young people are crying out for attention in a good way they need guidance and direction and love they need examples too. We're not perfect, but when they see youth leaders and adults acting in their right state of mind and saying, look, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit says the Lord. And when we lean not on our own understanding, but when we lean on Christ, all things are possible. And I always want young people because like I said before, attendance is lacking. Young people are not engaged anymore. They would much rather be at home than be at church. It's like, man, what is happening? I mean, because when I was growing up, church wasn't even an option. You're not going to fake sick. You fake sick. You're still going to church. You just threw up, brush your teeth, 
wipe your mouth, you're still going to church because that mattered. That was important. But we've kind of fallen away from that. And I, I, I want to, I don't know, I feel like there's the ebb and flow of everything. And I feel like if the church were just to get like our motto at Build Her Bridge, real raw relatable. And if youth leaders were to get real raw relatable, I feel like so many more young people would say, I want to go to that church. Mom, there's something about that church. I don't know what it is, but I want to go back to that church. Because that church is the one that's addressing the issues and saying, look, you're not alone. We're here for you. We're here to support you. We're here to provide for you. We're here to love on you. We're here to give you what you need. We're not going to baby you. We're going to guide you. Right. We're going to hold your hand and we're going to lead you. I can't make you drink it, but I'm going to lead you to what you need to drink. It's up to you whether or not you're going to do it. I'm, I just want, I want people to understand that, that everything is about relationship. Everything. Yeah. And, you know, relationship also includes coming outside the church as well. You know, the four walls are nice and you know our buildings are cool. Sometimes we have smoke and lights, all the things, all that's really cool. But a lot of life happens outside that building. And so I think we also need to be willing to get out of it sometimes. Even if we have a position of leader, teacher, whatever it is, we still can teach outside the church as well. And that's something I try to keep in mind as youth leaders. You know, we do go outside the church. You know, we go to their games. Like I mentioned, we're there for them outside these four walls. So we also should, you know, work on and keep in mind as well. If you could leave a message to any of the youth leaders around, what would you tell them? What is there something that you would want them to know? I would want them to know that it's not about a title. It's not about a place of position. It's about love. It's about being what you said, real, raw and relatable and authentic and just giving them Jesus and knowing that Jesus is enough. And just letting, you know, that love show. I love that. I were to, if I'm, I'm going to leave a message before we wrap up, I want people to know that Jesus is real, heaven is real, but suicide is also real. And we have so many young people that are taking their life for no good doggone reason. And when I hear about a 12 year old taking her own life, or when I hear that a 15 year old, um, there was just like some TikTok star or something like that. And she was a, a meme, which is crazy. Cause we literally like almost watched her grow up. I mean, and she's a beautiful girl and had like a scholarship for cheerleading and all these other good things, right. That we see on the outside. And she wound up taking her life back in the summertime. And everybody's like, I mean, reading like comments, like, wait, where did it come from? It just came from nowhere. Young people are hurting and they're not going to just come to you and say, I'm hurting. But if you pay attention to signs, if you look for something, you would know something is off. And that's where it comes to relationship. Because if you had a relationship with them, with your young people, and not just all about your title, then you would see, hmm, something's off. Nope, we need to talk. Nope. Let's come to my office, step into my office. I need to come to your games. You need more attention. You need food, resources, whatever it is. Um, our young people are dying, literally. Our young people are dying. So my message to parents is please listen to your kid. Listen to what your child is. Pay attention to warning signs. Pay attention to the nonverbal warning signs. 
Um, there's resources out there. Sable, share your information for anybody that needs to reach out to you, um, that wants to reach out to you. Absolutely. Um, as a reminder, y'all, I have an organization called Shades of Beauty. The website is weareshadesofbeauty.org. And on our website, you can find all different types of information about how to get in contact with me. You can just reach out and we'll get you the resources you need, regardless of what state you're in. We'll figure it out together. And you can also find me on Instagram at, of course, We Are Shades of Beauty as well. Love it. And you can reach out to me. I am executive director of Build Her Bridge, where we keep it real, raw, and relatable. And we provide mental health resources and referrals and scholarships and financial literacy classes and life skills classes for all teen girls. Reach out, buildherbridge.org. Email me, buildherbridge at gmail.com. Just know that you are not alone. I hope you guys really enjoyed this message. It was Suicide Awareness in the Church featuring Sable and Samantha. We are out. Always good talking to you, Sable. Join us next time. Join us next time. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.